Hey there. You're listening to The Credentials, the podcast that gives voice to fascinating people from the world of technology and innovation who don't fit the technology exec stereotype. I'm Kate Kay, your host here on The Credentialed. Today we're talking to a self-proclaimed data queen. Yep, contrary to what all those doubters would have you believe, data queens actually do exist just like elves and fairies. And Lauren Moores is one. Lauren heads up data analytics at a startup called Tala, a global financial technology firm that helps people in emerging markets, including Kenya, the Philippines, and Tanzania, obtain microloans by producing credit ratings for them. Tala does this using information mainly generated by their mobile phones. Seriously, they can do that. And we'll talk about it now. Lauren Moores, welcome to The Credentialed. Thank you, Kate. I'm happy to be here. So let's talk about data for credit identity. Uh, I mean, I think it would really blow people's minds to think about the idea that mobile information, the interactions they have with the, their mobile apps every day, transactions they might do in mobile, location data that's derived from device signals, that all of that can actually be used to generate something like a credit history or a credit identity, something akin to the idea of a traditional credit score. Um, I mean, you guys might even look at the number of phone calls to, a d- to different people someone makes to assess the size of his or her network as an indicator of credit risk. Can you give me some other examples of the types of data points that Tala weaves together to form a credit score or an identity? And then maybe tell me how, uh, yeah. how that indicates someone's creditworthiness. Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, absolutely. In terms of the data that we receive from our client, uh, essentially we're asking for data in exchange for providing a micro loan. And this is usually for an audience who doesn't already have a financial identity or doesn't have access to traditional banking. So you mentioned that uh, your phone network and who you call regularly or non-regularly might be an indicator. Uh, that is absolutely true. Uh, it, also, it would be travel patterns, right? So mm-hmm. where are you going offline? Uh, utility bill. Some of your identifiers in terms of um, you know, how many phone numbers are you using, how many device IDs do you have, uh, also merchant transactions. All of these can be used in a model to understand whether or not you are a good credit risk for us. So can you walk me through a scenario in which someone's downloaded the Tala app and they're creating data that is then used as a credit score. Like how, just walk me through the scenario from the, the consumer's vantage point. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are in one of our countries uh, with Kenya, Tanzania, or Philippines, you can download our app and essentially you go through a registration process where we'll have you go through a one-time PIN set up a registration pen to yourself, and then you can start looking through the app and apply for a loan. If you decide to apply for a loan, we will ask for certain permission, right? We're going to ask you, may we access your phone book? We may access your location. 
all uh, with the guys and, uh, you know, understanding that we need this data in order to make this credit decision. Once you give permissions, and not everybody does, and if, if they decide not to, then we have to come back and say, you know, we use this data to make a credit decision. Uh, please, if you want to apply for a loan, then you need to allow us to have permission. In addition to getting access to the data that's on the phone, we have uh, particular survey questions which give us an idea of demographics and also how are you going to use a loan? Is it business is it personal? Uh, what is your regular income? And those questions, in addition to the data that we've just uh, received, are used in, to make a decision within five minutes, usually less than a minute. And you were part of the I, you, you're part of the group of people at Tala who have determined the um, analytics and the algorithms that are at play that are actually making that quick decision, right? Yeah, I and I well, I'm lucky to have come in where most of the modeling has been done. Okay. But I have to say that we're constantly looking for new features that because behaviors change, and also as we go into different countries, we have to uh, pick up different behaviors. So make sure that we're calibrating our models the right way. Wow. So there are, I'm sure, some pretty di big distinctions uh, between, for instance, Tanzania and the Philippines in terms of how people might use their phones or or what kind of yeah. loans they might need or <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, so if you think of east africa uh, tanzania and kenya tend to be similar in behavior very used to having a digital rails in terms of uh, money transaction and using their phone for everything and philippines it's different in that the digital economy is not as present so there's certain um functionality changes that we need to make to, to the app to make sure that our clients are re, uh, interacting with the money in the way that they expect. So, for instance, we might be sending them the money via the mobile phone, but they're going to have the ability to cash out and use that cash rather than use it directly on their phone through, through the um, you know digital rails. Wow. And so that's another whole set of partnerships probably that Tala has to establish with the people who are you know, uh, turning the digital money into something tangible. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we tend to work with, uh, well, in Kenya, uh, M-Pesa is uh, very familiar for most people and has a huge market share. In Tanzania, there's a couple other uh, providers, MNOs, that you can work with. We're working with one of them now. And then in Philippines, there's some newer players in the market because it is such a, uh, you know, neo market for for that neo market i love it <laughs> uh, so speaking of neo markets i mean the idea of micro the idea of using data and analytics to enable micro loans is definitely a nascent concept i from what i've read um are mm -hmm. there trends in the sector that you think are important or interesting that are affecting your day-to-day -day work on the data side yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the way I look at it is that uh, we're borrowing from ad tech, right, where everything became a algorithm or a machine decision, and we're, we're now using that in, in fintech side to disrupt, and, and actually advertising borrowed it from trading, right? Sure. And what I see is that there's still a lot of um, space here for work and improvement and enhancement. 
We're working in emerging countries, uh, mostly because that's where we can be the most effective and also where we can do a quick turnaround data play and where a lot of this is mobile first, right? There are definitely people in this space already. We have competitors, but every country is going to be different. And essentially the way we look at it is if we can get in and bring our type of um, you know, speed and efficiency and the ability to build financial identities for everyone, then we are going to maintain our competitive advantage. Yeah. I do see that more people will start using these features and, you know, use mobile device data, use survey data. It's our job, our, you know, Tala's job to stay on top of how behavior changes, how we get new data in, how to use geo maybe differently than we're using it, how to use app behavior differently than, than we have in the past, and make sure that, you know, it's, it's no different than what, it, what I had to do in advertising tech, right? Mm-hmm. You're constantly looking for that new channel of media or that m- new channel of behavior. Yeah, or just that new prov- data source. Exactly. Um, yeah. And you, you, you mentioned, just, just for our audience, if they're not familiar with the term fintech, that's financial technology, fi- financial tech. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you said something else in there, too, that uh, that's okay. Peop- the, jargon, the jargon will stay away from as much as oh possible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> um, okay, so, you know, I, hopefully this isn't jargony, but this concept of data for good, I think, is something yeah. that, you know, um, I know you're uh, a proponent of, and absolutely Tala would, I believe, fit into that category of data for good. But, you know, a lot of times when we think about or when we read about the use of data and analytics when it comes to financial services, getting loans, um, interest rates. We hear about all the horror stories of data being applied for nefarious purposes, or maybe even just unwittingly um, information is used to determine that somebody should get a higher interest rate, maybe based on something like their job status or their ethnicity or something like Mm -hmm. that's really not not good at all, obviously. Um, do you think, have you seen that sort of thing happening, those kind of more nefarious um, applications of data out there in the world of finances? You know, it's a good question. I think it probably does happen. Sometimes it's happening on purpose, and other times it's lack of understanding that the signal that you're using is actually biased. And what I mean by that is if somebody's using gender or somebody's using um, geo in a more of a redlining way, then you'd have to be uh, you have to be cognizant that this is not appropriate. Algorithm bias is is uh, something that we do pay attention to. So, for instance, although we ask questions uh, for the survey about gender and other, we don't use all those pieces in terms of the credit model itself because we don't feel that's fair and we don't want to bias. Uh, the decisioning. So it's something that we as data scientists constantly have to pay attention to and also, you know, keep our, you know, ear to the ground in terms of what what things could possibly be biased that we might not think they are, but uh, when really tested in the real world end up being that way. Okay, we'll return to our chat with Lauren Moores, Director of Data Analytics at Tala in just a moment. I'd like to take a quick break here to remind you that you're listening to The Credentials, a podcast giving voice to people in tech and innovation who don't fit the mold when we think tech executive. My name is Kate Kay, and I'm your host. 
Do you know someone who should be featured on The Credentialed? Are you someone who should be on? Let me know. Tweet to me at at lowbrowkate. That's lowbrowkate. Or email me at thecredentialed at salientmg.com. That's at lowbrowkate or thecredentialed at salientmg.com. Now back to our chat with Lauren Moores of Tala on The Credentialed. I want to talk a little bit about your background. You, um, you have a, P, uh, a PhD in economics from Brown. Um, you mentioned advertising tech. You, um, I met you uh, through your work in the ad tech world. Um, so I'm curious to know if, uh, how, how much the foundational principles that you learned getting your economics PhD apply in your work today in the financial tech world. That's a really good question. Uh, I, I got my PhD a long time ago, <laughs> and even then it, it, was, it, it was, took a while to get. Data science wasn't a term, and big data wasn't a term when I was going through my uh, PhD program. And for me, my uh, focus was on applied data the entire time. I've been working with data since I got out of college and maybe even before then. Mm-hmm. So my background in econ actually does help, particularly in the in the fintech world, because there's so much economics involved in understanding behaviors and uh, demand supply and uh, how people react to a particular criteria set. I also feel that economics is really what uh, I don't know fuels our internet, and it's it's a base theoretical understanding, but I don't use it in a very abstract way. I, I am very applied, uh, very much get hands dirty on the data to understand what stories we can tell and what we can do for data products. Hmm. So I'm curious to know about, uh, you know, did you always gravitate as, as just growing up? Did you always gravitate towards numbers and towards these sort of ideas? Or was there anything in your upbringing that you think contributed to your career trajectory and you ending up uh, getting dirty with data, as you put it? <laughs> you know, I think so. I, I remember being told I asked way too many questions. And uh, I grew up playing cards with my grandparents, uh, Canasta, and we did. We also did a lot of the um, Michigan Rummy games and yeah. hearts and whatnot. It, by the time I was 13, I was doing stats on all the baseball teams. Right and uh, eventually, instead of going into actually playing softball, which I did do, I actually got a letter in statistics for the football team. So, yeah, it's always been something in my background in terms of the numbers and the patterns, and I just went with it. Tigers fan, I take it? <laughs> no, Red Sox. <laughs> oh, no. All right, we'll let that one go. um so yeah i mean did you feel i mean going into going into data getting a role getting an economics phd working in that in that um career uh, that i'm sorry that course work um at brown was was it something that uh, a lot of women were involved with at school i mean was it were you uh, one of the few women or like what did that look like 
Yeah, that's a good question. I've been one of the few women throughout my entire career, uh, definitely including um, economics PhD. There were 22 of us, and I believe there were maybe five or six women uh, of that class. And I, three of the women, three of the three out of the five passed uh, in terms of the overall getting a PhD. I mean, that's been true. I think if you're on the tech side in general and in, in data. It, particularly that combination, you tend to be one of the only ones in the room. Uh, I don't. To me, it's been education. I've I've tried to spend a lot of time on uh, pushing STEM on um, the younger generation, including my children. Uh, not necessarily that they have to be scientists or or understand computers backwards and forwards. It's just that if you don't understand tech, you're not going to get very far in this world. I. I have to wholeheartedly agree. Reluctantly is a, is a closet Luddite. <laughs> um, so, all right. So my last question for you, you guest lecture at UCLA once in a while. Uh, what's yeah. your, which, what are you thinking for your next talk? Yeah, it's a good question. Usually I go in and, and I talk about uh, big data and how it's formed my career and how you can apply it to different industries and, and, um, how you can use your econ degree in a different way. I've actually thought about going in and doing a uh, particular project-based um, discussion on, hey, here's some data and here's some things we could do with it. Uh, let's break up into groups and figure out a solution to, to a small problem just to give people an idea of what, what can be used rather than it just being an abstract. It's almost like a hackathon approach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Love those hackathons. Uh-huh. Got to got to get your your pizza and your beer for the whole weekend in at the hackathon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Lauren, it's been so great to have you on the credentialed. Thanks so much for joining us. Kate, it's been a pleasure. I'd like to thank Lauren Moores, Director of Data Analytics at Tala for chatting today on the credentialed. You can find out more about Tala at tala.co. Do you know someone who doesn't fit the technology executive stereotype who should be featured on The Credentialed? Are you someone who should be on? Let me know. Email me at thecredentialed at salientmg.com or tweet to me at lowbrowkate. That's lowbrowkate or the credentialed at salientmg.com. And thanks for listening.